Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hi. Okay, I get to start today because we have my friend, Lauren, who is here today. Um, She has her own design firm. You know how firm feels? Business. 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 Um, Lauren Lane Interiors here in Atlanta. I met her through one of my friends. So she's a friend of a friend, and she... um, is a know-it-all of interior design now. It makes beautiful, beautiful homes and interiors. Very Southern looking too. I feel like you have a very Southern. Classic. Yes, that's, I think that's what I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yes. And Lauren was in the commercial interiors world for how many years? Seven. Seven. And then she made the switch. Mm-hmm. So she knows a lot about floor plans. So we're going <laughs> to... We're going to ask, yeah, we're going to ask you some hard-hitting questions for sure. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, then just to start, I want to talk about your home, which was in Atlanta Homes and Lifestyles, because I loved it. It was so pretty. And I thought the most surprising thing about it was you sold a brand new, open concept, perfectly renovated home for a major fixer-upper. So I want you to tell us all about that because I thought that was such an interesting, and I feel like it really gives you an insight into her style if you aren't looking at examples of her portfolio or her Instagram. So I feel like that'll kind of give people a a window into the types of things that you're interested in and the spaces you love and the spaces you design for your clients. Yes, that was a big jump. Um, Not everybody understood at the time when we were doing it. Um, But, you know, we got into this great open concept house. It had the gorgeous big kitchen island and marble countertops and, you know, a walk-in master closet that you could put a mattress in. And we moved to a house that was literally half the square footage. Um, And, you know, a bathroom that while I was pregnant, I didn't fit into the shower. Um, (laughs) It was a huge jump, but um, I've just always been drawn to the old details that you know, people are not recreating in new homes unless they're very, very, very custom. So, you know, dental molding and, you know, lots of molding on the fireplace and ceiling medallions and um, quirkiness, lots of quirkiness. I had to decide what quirkiness was worth keeping and what we had to strip away. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, the interesting thing about this house particularly was the owner had passed away and he was kind of a hermit and he had not um, really touched the house since the 80s. And he he was um, had a partner who passed away in the 80s and they used to antique and travel together. So it was, it was kind of like a little time machine, time capsule of antiques. And some of it was a little 80s traditional, but some of it was a lot of really nice things. I think it scared a lot of people. There was red shag carpet and you know, matching red drapery 
bed skirt, chair, wing chair, <laughs> so that kind of stuff. That, yeah. Right. So I actually considered keeping some <laughs> stuff because I was like, oh, this is great. This is really cool. And, you know, my husband was like, Lauren, no. Um, <laughs> I draw the line here. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, the red's a little too much. And I was thinking that would be the nursery. He was like, no, no, red, not nursery. Um, <laughs> but uh, when we were in negotiations, the house was in really bad shape. We, um, we actually asked to keep all of the furniture and the antiques um, as opposed to asking for money for all the repairs it needed after we got the inspection back. So we got this great collection of oil paintings and, you know, a gorgeous Venetian mirror and um brown furniture, a lot of brown furniture. And um, we have many questions about it. We'll yes, need to come back to that. Brown furniture. Um, so, you know, it was really a fun project to strip away, you know, here's the old stuff that is really old and how, you know, how do I want to mix that with some fresh things and some of the things we already had and make it my own. And, um, you know, we held, we, we sold a lot of stuff. We had, I'm not kidding, four loads of got junk come to take some of the stuff we didn't want from the new house and some of the stuff we didn't want from our previous house. Um, And then, you know, me being my own client, I cried and cried because they told me my sofas weren't going to come, you know, until 16 weeks later. So it's it's hard to be your own client when you're a designer. Um, (laughs) But then we pulled it all together and it's amazing. We have our own sort of mini antique collection and some stuff we've had since we were married. Some st- I've had some Ballard stuff since before we got married and um, and then some new fresh things. And it was an amazing project. Well, I love that y'all, I think that's such an unusual, no one would have, I don't think anyone would ever think I'm going to take all of the furniture from the previous owners, mm-hmm. especially if it is as frightening maybe as you're describing. It's frightening. Um, <laughs> But I think that is so genius. Thank you. And and I do think that if y'all were to go um, look at Lauren's house in Atlanta Homes and Lifestyle with all the beautiful photos, you would never. It looks so fresh and clean and polished. So it, I would have loved to see the before photos. Do you have any of the before photos on your Instagram? Because um, I, I can pull some of them up from the previous listing, but they're they're rough. I mean. They're Maybe rough. we can share sh- some in our show notes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that people can see what you've done to the yeah. space. I think so. Just it's... for learnings too. Again, what yeah. did you pulled away and took away and all the quirky that you did decide to get rid of. Oh, I want to know what didn't make the line. The... Yeah. There are lots of portraits art collection. One of them was a very flamboyant lute player. <laughs> so he didn't make the cut. Um, lots of like lion head. Just it got a little gaudy. You know, yeah. a lot of red things, a little over gilded, you know, what looks mm. good in old and antique and what is maybe a little 80s, little flamboyant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was there anything about the house structurally that you liked in terms of quirkiness or was it really kind of more classic, like you kind of described with the dental molding? So I I think a lot of people have where it is. I've seen people uh, renovate that floor plan. It's just a basic, you know colonial that's got a living room, dining room, kitchen downstairs and three bedrooms upstairs. We've seen a lot of people take the wall down between the kitchen and the dining room and do different things to try to open up rooms to the living room. Mm -hmm. And we just came from that really open house. And I was like, nope, I want the the closed off 
closed offedness. Um, <laughs> I like having a formal dining room and there was just enough room in the kitchen to put a little table and chairs for a breakfast nook. And so I, I you know, I think, I think that is quirky to some people, but that's the traditionalist in me. The other thing that was interesting in the powder room, actually in all of the bathrooms, it had the 80s style bulbs all the way around the mirror. Ooh, oh yeah. And, you know, I, I was pregnant at the time. I don't know if I mentioned that when we moved in. And so I had a, a deadline and a budget and I couldn't redo all the bathrooms. So one of the bathrooms downstairs, I said, dude, we're just going to go with it. So I left the lights and I hung another mirror on top of the mirror, like a traditional gold mirror and painted the room green. And so that's pretty quirky. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. It was a really, it's a nice. It's funny how some nice. of the things you do like that end up being such a little unique moment you love. Like yes. Going in there probably made you happy, even though it was kind of like a crazy kind of fixed moment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like when you have to push the budget, I feel like I you can get more creative. Yes. And well, so it's, it's, like a, it's surprising what paint can do. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, I think that actually covers a lot more than people imagine. It can with the right paint color and even if you're to paint like the crown or something, mm-hmm. that can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm a big fan of painting the crown and painting the doors and painting the ceiling, especially if you were going to wallpaper and you don't mm-hmm. have the budget to wallpaper anymore. Just paint it all. Yeah. yeah. So when you do that, if you paint all the molding and the door, will you do just or will you just paint the insides of the doors? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was just always wondering where to stop. Well, you know, when you paint molding, it, it that's always the hard line for me of like, where do you stop? Yeah. The paint. You know, I actually really agonized over that when we were painting our black room. We have this one room that's black room. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Quite moody. Of you. Yes. It's, you know, it's not, though, actually, because it does get a lot of sunlight. Um, but it's our television room. And I oh. knew that we were going to hang the mantle over the fireplace. And it's kind of, it has brick walls. And mm-hmm. Anyways, but I did. You Agnes- said hang the mantle over the fireplace. You mean the TV? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I knew. There I is a mantle yes. over the fireplace. <laughs> that makes, that but- makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and a TV. <laughs> and a TV. But I did agonize over where to stop the black because it has kind of a pitched ceiling. And I knew I wanted that to be white. And so. Mm-hmm. But you know what's funny is after we made that decision, I never even notice it anymore. It doesn't mm-hmm. not even. Yeah. So Goes I do think show. that's something yeah. that's super scary when you're in the midst of painting. But, you know, unless as long as you don't, don't do something real funky or weird or awkward, it, you probably won't notice it as much as you think. Oh yeah, It's kind of like the back of a door. Yeah. You think it's going to look very strange, but you actually – probably won't notice it because we did the same thing we in our mm-hmm. blue room i painted the back of the door so that when you shut the door it's all blue but the front of the door is white mm-hmm. but i never even noticed the line mm-hmm. I, I don't know so i think uh a tip i learned is if you're if you're doing a room where you're encapsulating it in a paint color and you're split finishing the door so you've got the two sides of the door but you also have the little thickness of the door mm-hmm. so whatever the lighter color that's not the room that's being encapsulated in the paint color that should be the white side and the little thickness of the door. And so only just the face mm. of the door should be whatever you paint. The dark. Yes. Yeah. I think that's what we that's did. It's a good tip. Mm-hmm. And it's worked out for you so far? It's worked out so far. <laughs> well, we love tips here. So yes. Take that one. Okay, yeah. good. That's good. I also seen where they've taken actually the thickness of the door and done like just like a bright orange. Oh, like, crazy. So you just open the door and it's oh, like that's a hint. Fun. 
Yeah. It's a I surprise. Like yeah, yeah, it's like, a you know, again, something just unexpected, but also in a hidden place. That, mm-hmm. Like, what does it kind of matter? Let me ask you all a question. If you paint your front door, because I've not actually never had a painted front door, uh-huh. do you do the... Do you do the paint on the outside just on the like what you're Front saying, face? or do you paint yeah. the the edge? The edge, yeah. What do you even call that? The edge, the jam, or something? Yeah. So in foyers, if you want the door in the foyer to be, you know, go be white, or you know, go with the scheme that you've got going on in the foyer, but you want the outside of the door to be dark, I would do just the face of the door dark, and then the thickness, and then the other inside face the light color. But on that note, it does look pretty to have, we just did this, we actually just, we sold our beautiful house and moved into another house. Okay, well, Um, we're going to need that whole story too. (laughs) But we painted all faces. Um, It's sort of like a gray-green color. Mm -hmm. And so I painted all three sides. And so from the foyer, it's a nice little green treat. Yeah, that's fun. That is fun. I love that. Yeah, I have a friend that just did that. It looks, it's, yeah, it's just, it's like surprising and it makes a great focal point. Yeah. And and front door colors a lot of times kind of read as a neutral. So Uh it's a nice little surprise in the foyer. Yeah. It brings the outside in. So tell us about selling your house and um, buying your new one. Yeah. So this was, you know, the, the house we moved from, that's Decorator's Dream Project and moving was real life problems. It's like Instagram versus reality, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but we have a, a little boy and we're thinking about having another baby and we were pricing renovations and um, our beautiful house was on a busy street. So um, we found another house. We weren't looking. It just was for sale and the price kept dropping. Um, same neighborhood. <laughs> and it had the spaces that we were thinking of adding onto the house already finished and mm-hmm. a flat backyard. So New project. <laughs> We're in the throes of it now. Wow. We'll see what happens. <laughs> That's exciting. Are you documenting it on your Instagram? I am. Okay. Yes. So we should all be mm-hmm. following your stories so we can see what's happening. Yes. Okay. Um, awesome. I'm again, excited. again with the creative budget because husband says, we just finished a house. Mm-hmm. We don't, right. We don't need, we don't need to redo another house and try to get it published. I was like, well, but I want it to feel finished. So yeah, right, right. Creative budget it is. (laughs) Well, so are you taking your former owner's things with you? Yes. That's Mm -hmm. exciting. Okay. Yeah. We we are taking the things um, and using them in a new way. So it's, now it's interesting because it feels like it's ours. This is part of our history and our collection and that's um, so cool. We'll yeah. see what happens. <laughs> so um, is it a similar style, very classic as the previous one? Is it a little more new? What's the style of the house? So it's built, um, our previous house was built in 38. I think this one was built in 42. So similar time period. Um, it's just instead of a two-story, it's um, a little bit more of a sprawling ranch, um, which is great for a running around toddler. And yes. um, <laughs> very traditional. It does not have the dental molding. <laughs> that's probably my biggest loss in this move. Um, but, you know. Put it in the budget. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> added, added dental molding. But otherwise, it's probably yeah. very similar similar in style. Just a little bit more space and um, backyard for little man. Oh, that's great. That's such a good 
A smart move, too, I'm sure. You'll be mm-hmm. much more comfortable. And like you said, once you have it decorated, you'll be much happier. Yes, yes. <laughs> Again, being a bad client to myself and being impatient. But <laughs> I wanted to ask how you think your commercial background has helped your residential projects. So it, it was an interesting learning curve switching. Um, but, you know, in commercial, you're, um, you know, it's a workhorse. It's be be profitable, be efficient. Um, space planning, you know, I did uh, corporate office spaces. So mm-hmm. it was all about fitting clients in the least amount of space, but getting them everything they wanted. So I think that that background has really helped me. You know, I get one of my first residential clients said, I hate this living room. I can only fit a sofa and a chair. And I was like, no, you can't. You can fit lots of chairs. Let's mm. just be very efficient. Um, and, you know, we work something out. So I think that that was a background that not everybody has gone through and has mm-hmm. learned in a different way. But then the business side of it, you know, the the boring stuff that I wanted to leave, which was budgets and invoicing and managing projects, big projects and managing big, huge contractors and things like that. So it made me um, less intimidated by the residential world. Um, Mm -hmm. However, then I started going to ADAC and was very intimidated. (laughs) (laughs) It is a big. Okay. So I want to, I want to talk about your, your client who you said felt like they couldn't fit enough seating in their living room, because Mm -hmm. I imagine this is a problem a lot of people have. Mm -hmm. So how did you address that living room? And are there certain things that you kind of do over and over again when to solve that problem? Like, how do you get as much seating into a room that you feel has a limited layout? So I have just sort of some rules of thumb that I always follow, which is you want to have a minimum space between your sofa and a coffee table. I usually do about 15 to 18 inches. Um, and that, But you don't need a big coffee table. It can be really narrow. It can be, um, you know, it doesn't have to go the whole length of the sofa. Your end tables don't have to be very big. Um, and then just get creative on the size of the sofa and the size of the chairs um, in this particular client's house, I think we picked a sofa that felt just as long. So her husband didn't feel like he was giving up his sprawling space, but we picked an arm that wasn't as like, didn't take up as much space. Like a big roll arm or something. Exactly. And then we found um, one really big comfy chair that had a lot of space and then two chairs that were a little more narrow, but were great for when they had company over Mm-hmm. And some other sneaky tricks are adding a bench at the end of the coffee table or footstool or um, use an ottoman instead of a coffee table. And then you've got now you've got seating for seven or eight mm-hmm. when it felt mm-hmm. like you could just fit maybe a chair and a sofa and a few tables. Yeah. Right. Well, I imagine, too, in the small spaces, I was going to say we we often think, well, we got to reuse this sofa and it doesn't work. And mm-hmm. so, and you're wondering why it doesn't work or look right. And it's mm-hmm. often the scale of it as well. So probably right. the pieces you pick, the scale felt better in that smaller room too. Having a thinner sofa, having those smaller chairs probably fit the space like mm-hmm. visually as well as fitting all those people. Yeah, um, exactly. I think people are, I think that that is a really difficult thing if you're not in the art world in general. You don't have to be a, a designer, but if you're not in the art world, sometimes you just don't see scale the way us mm-hmm. artists do. And so you feel yeah. like something is off and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we can walk in and say, well, because your sofa is gargantuan. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, 
I just think it's so interesting. And I think this is something people probably don't really consider, but the silhouette and the sort of style of your sofa can have such a huge impact, kind of yes. like what you're talking about. I was at a friend's house. That's what I was going to say. I was at a friend's house and she has a teeny little house um, in Peachtree Hill. So mm-hmm. y'all probably know friends like that. It's, you know, you walk right into the living room. Um, her sofa is centered under the front window and then she's got a fireplace with a TV on top. And it's just, it's really, really teeny. Mm-hmm. And her mom was telling me, she was like, I her mom is sort of a take charge type of lady Mm -hmm. and she was wanting her daughter to get a new sofa. And she was talking to me about, she needs a smaller sofa and she needs this and that. And I was telling her, I was like, you know, it's really not that she needs a smaller sofa. It's just that this sofa that she has, um, it's really low. Like the actual seat is really low, but the arm is like the same height all the way around. You know what I mean? It's almost Mm -hmm. like a Chesterfield, but it's very square. So it's Mm -hmm. a tuxedo. Mm -hmm. And so the arm is super high. And so it's It's not usable. Yeah. It's so, and and it's probably about four inches. The Mm -hmm. arm is thick. It's clean lined, but so it, it almost like blocks your view to the door. Mm -hmm. And so it makes the sofa feel so big and imposing Mm -hmm. because it kind of, block it's it's like a wall Mm -hmm. so it it wasn't that the size of the sofa was wrong it was just the shape and the style was all wrong Mm -hmm. and so I think that that's just something that you most people go to the this you know furniture store whatever and they just pick the sofa that they think looks the best Mm -hmm. and it's probably that just a furniture or a sofa in the furniture store right you're not you got to think about what what is it going to look like from this side? If I'm entering the room from here, mm-hmm. how is it going to look? When I'm sitting here, am I going to be able to see to the right? You know what I mean? Right. You just have to think about more than just which one is the most appealing, period. Right. Because it's a gorgeous sofa, but it just doesn't work for her space. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just, and then to try to tell that to your friend, like, it's a great sofa. There's nothing wrong with the sofa. It's perfectly comfortable. It just, <laughs> it does not work a, here. A bullet point list of the 20 reasons why it doesn't work. <laughs> right. And it's not even that it's uncomfortable. And it make you feel bad about it, but <laughs> yeah. you were Anyways, asking. It just is. It just ha- – you have to think about it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying, like a lower arm, a, a narrower arm, all of those things can have a huge impact on the way, especially mm-hmm. in a small space. Yes. In a small space, every single thing matters. It does. And you have to kind of decorate for a small space, not a big one. Exactly. Anyway. Yep. Sorry, diatribe over. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Sofas are hard, period. <laughs> I had questions um, because, again, you have a small child. And so (laughs) with a small child seems to come stuff and Mm -hmm. more stuff than we all probably care for. Have you found some tips and tricks to keeping some of said stuff, but um, either hiding it or just tips and tricks there? Because I feel like so many of us are are in that phase and just we know it's not long term, but we also don't want to look at it. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Um, Well, so uh, one of the first tips I learned so in efficient space planning, I'm, I do my little floor plans and I look at it. I'm like, okay, I've got all my space figured out. And I did this for our old living room, the house we just moved out of. And I had my son and I said, oh crap, I don't have enough floor space for this four moms rocker thing, mm-hmm. this swing thing, the bouncy seat. And then, oh, it needs a space for tummy time. And I, anyway, so one of the big tricks I've learned for, um, if you have young kids, it's just, it's okay to have floor space. You need open floor space for said 
mm-hmm. gadgets and equipment. Um, but then the other thing is just baskets, pretty baskets, floor basket, mm-hmm. throw everything in it. Um, I like to do like under a coffee table is a good spot to put baskets and fold things up. Um, I haven't learned anything more sneaky <laughs> yet, no, those but are I'm good. working on it. Yes, I'm sure you continuously are like, how can I hide this Yes, more? I feel like I've invested in a lot more baskets since having a child. Yes. Yeah. It's- and I've moved from a lot of open storage, like display kind of stuff to like, I'm like, close it up. Close yeah, it lock all. it up. <laughs> I want to, yeah. be able to lock it or and or hide things in there and or, hi- yeah, keep stuff safe. <laughs> all the above. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I No, it's just, I was it's a, well, it's a, so I have, we just built like this bookcase to have all of Blair's um, toys in and stuff, but that doesn't, and, and that helps a lot, but you also have like the doll stroller mm-hmm. and the, right. you know, the bounce, the rock, like she has one of those, um, <laughs> have y'all ever seen those like Roddy bouncy Yes. Horses thing. Yes. <laughs> like one of those rubber horses. Yeah, she has she one of those. It she's busy, she has busy. like a big bunny rocker. And so those are the ones where I'm like, what on earth am I going to do with that? I mean, you just kind of have to live with it. You have to live with it. And I, I'm working on a, a project now. They've got three boys under five. And so we, we're kind of designating those adult spaces where mm. those – items are just you know hopefully not going to live but then in like the family spaces we're just we're embracing it in the design it's like it's serious and there's some you know adult stuff but then there's some whimsical and there's a rocking horse in the corner and there's you know a tricycle and yeah it just it just is because that's the phase of life that you're in and Mm. you know I think I think it's a misconception to say you know it looks like there's no kids here yeah. You know, it's not photograph ready all the time, but right. make it make it feel clean and comfortable for you the way that you live every day. So you can pick it up and it looks better, but mm. there's kids around. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said this before, but I, I, I stand by it. <laughs> I feel like at least um, if you, if I have plenty of pretty things to look at that are going to distract you and like <laughs> there are plenty of adults friendly items then you won't pay attention to yeah. the giant bunny in the corner <laughs> bunny fits in yeah <laughs> actually it's a very subtle color palette it's really pretty it's kind of like a sharp carpet no i'm kidding it's better than my racetrack that's like red and orange so so it's kind of like i mean you're gonna have the stuff but at least make the rooms feel comfortable and have other yeah. things that are yeah. you know appealing to people of all ages I don't Appro- know. approachable yeah I make yeah. it all feel approachable because I also don't love the idea of having just not well it's not that I don't like the idea of a playroom but I want I want I don't want one room where everything is just shoved because realistically your kid is not going to be just want to wanting to play in the playroom three rooms no. over from you all those toys are, are going to come out here right. and yeah you don't want to go in there either Mm-mm. so Plus, if all of the toys have to live in that room across the house, are you going to carry all of the toys that, I don't know, I feel like my whole life these days is like relocating tiny little objects that get mm-hmm. put, you know, it's like you're, it's not going to get one day my soon. bronzer <laughs> went missing and I'm like, where on earth is this? And it's like in the laundry room under the thing, you know, yeah. just all those tiny little things get relocated. And so if I had to take all of it up the stairs to the back of the house to where the playroom was, I feel like I would never actually... Take it there. It's not real. Is that just me? 
No, that's why I was asking about tips and tricks because I know this is just a phase too. So there's right. no need for me to overcommit an area either. So it's yeah. kind of, well, obviously a little space in a room, but that's why I was asking is just more of like, how do I handle it at this point in time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of. Because I think a lot of people are in that stage where they're like, they don't even want to decorate because they're like, oh, I have kids. And that's, and we've talked about that too. No. Don't do it's that. Just, right. Don't Enjoy wait. this time. And yeah. yeah. Don't wait to live the way you want to live. Also, but. I think because we have little kids, it's more important to have a beautiful house because we're at home, home all, all the, the time. time. Yes. <laughs> I never <Yes>. leave. <laughs> I would like to like my house because I can't ever leave, especially yeah. when it's raining. Yeah. Yes. You can't get yes. outside. Um, yeah, totally. No, I think, you know, um, our new house has two living spaces. So we are lucky enough to have a space that will be like, Mm. The adult room, like the tricycle is not going to live here. Right. Um, but then our family space, I could have fit a couple of other chairs or an ottoman and like, you know, a beautiful console table, but we just didn't. We've got two chairs and a sofa and an ottoman, like footstool ottoman thing. And the rest is like, well, this is where the Lego table is. And this mm-hmm. is where his basket of blocks goes. And mm-hmm. Um, and when he gets a little older, then we can get another pair of beautiful chairs and yeah. it'll be great. It's something to look forward to. Yeah. Yes. So. All right. I wanted to switch it up on you real quick because I love your use of textiles. Um, Thank you. I feel like you do a great job. Um, having a palette that is not only feminine, but masculine at the same time, you do a great job kind of mixing those and they also are very traditional and I kind of wanted you to walk through how you kind of pick that because I know it's kind of where you lead off in projects too so Mm -hmm. how do you how do I make sure the patterns go because you'll use like a big window pane and uh you know floral and you make it look seamless too in a room oh thank you um yeah I I usually like your outfit oh no it's exactly like her outfit she's got a window pane on her blazer and navy very tailored but girly Thank you. Well, so I start with textiles a lot of the time um, and feeling out my client how how feminine do they need to be versus how masculine. Um, And I mean, it's there's kind of a pretty easy formula to it. I'll pick something that's like the thought starter. It's sometimes my clients send me pictures of stuff that they like, a textile they want to start with. Um, I find something like it, or we we start with that one um, and build around it. So whatever the thought starter is, it's, you know, do you have a large scale pattern? Do you have a small scale pattern, um, like a little, like a big, you know, watercolor kind of floral print, and then maybe it's a little small, more tailored flower print. And then you can throw in a stripe and a check and then you can probably throw in another. You can always throw in another stripe. Um, <laughs> Caroline I'm, loves yeah, it. Hallelujah. <laughs> More stripes. I'm there. And then and then we'll kind of start to pepper in our solids and and we'll lay it out. Um, another trick, and I actually learned this from a colleague in the commercial world, is when you're laying out your fabrics, and you think about what each thing is going to be in the room, is to kind of lay them out by scale. So if this textile is going to be the sofa, make sure you have it laid out. Big, like the big bigger. piece. And if this is just supposed to be a, a little pop, it's it's your little like lime green floral pop, make it really small, fold it up, kind of tuck it under. And then, you know, you've got a chair, so that's a little bit more medium size and put that. And then, and then you really can get a picture of, I know that this is scary. We've got a bold print here, but look by scale. Yeah. It's not yeah. that bad. It's just a little it's, bit. It's boring without it. So we need it. 
Right, yeah. right. So that's, that's... I bet that helps conveying your concept to your client too. Yes. You can see this life green is only teeny <laughs> tiny little teeny square. Tiny. <laughs> and it's interesting and, and, and you need it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved um, in terms of talking about um, prints and how they can be masculine and feminine. You did this pink nursery with the buffalo check. And y'all, I swear, if you go look at this room, you have seen it before on Instagram or Pinterest mm-hmm. or somewhere because I... Feel like I, I feel like I saw this photo everywhere because it's such a pretty nursery. Thank and oh uh, yeah, I yeah. feel like that's your probably the photo I always see of yours. <laughs> it went viral. Most, it's my most it's a good about. one though. It's a great. I mean, it could have been a garbage photo. So well, it is. It is Ballard's fabric. Yes, it is. It is. Um, well, it's I pink. Did, mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to describe it, or maybe you should describe it. I don't know. It's a big pink <laughs> buffalo check. <laughs> love it, love me. <laughs> but it's a nursery, and so I thought, and I think that's kind of a great um, metaphor for your work. It's you know, it's this very pink. It's I wouldn't say it's like it's not hot pink, obviously, and it's not bait, but it's not blush. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a mid-tone powdery pink. Mm-hmm. And um, so it is it is a lot of pink and it's a bright pink, but because it's on this buffalo check that's a very traditional and very masculine, really kind of um, print, it has a great balance to it because it doesn't feel overly, overly feminine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I always thought, I thought that was such an unusual choice for a nursery because most people probably wouldn't go with a buffalo check unless they had a boy. I mean, right. boy, it makes sense. Um, but the other thing I loved about that room in particular is you had this huge grid of botanicals behind the nurse, the um, crib, but you hung the actual prints to where they dropped below the I guess, top rail of the crib. Mm-hmm. So I wanted you to talk about that and why you did that and what scenarios that is appropriate for. Yes. So the artwork in that room was, again, with the being creative with the budget. Um, this is one of my good friends and longtime client. Um, we had this elaborate nursery designed and her husband said, ha, no, <laughs> cut the budget. So I said, all right, we're going to make this interesting somehow. And I thought, you know, she wanted clean and calm. So we picked this beautiful pink color that's, it feels kind of pink. It's like a hint of pink, but not in your face pink. And then we wanted to do something really, really interesting to make a statement with the artwork. Um, I actually was um, trying to get a big piece, like a one big, huge flower, and then have it cut into four canvases. But also our budget wouldn't permit that either. So, um, (laughs) so I just came across these, um, these beautiful, they're Camilla's prints and, um, the, the size ended up being perfect. Um, and so the room, it's just paint and we picked one textile, the, the Ballard Buffalo check. And then we have some nice cream colored curtains and then some beautiful Camilla's, which are one of my client's favorite flowers. Now, I will say I get lots of questions about this on Instagram. We have those things bulletproof to the wall. They are screwed in. Baby <laughs> cannot pull them off from the crib. <laughs> People ask me about that all the time. And it's we, so funny. we thought through that um, ahead of time. So, you know, sweet little girl can't <laughs> pull them onto her head. But um, but again, it's we didn't we didn't have the budget to upholster the walls in fabric. We didn't do mm-hmm. wallpaper. How can we make a statement with some beautiful pieces of art and, scale. and yeah. So it's just, it comes back to scale. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. No, I loved it. I, loved I, that, I yeah. feel like it's very impactful too. That one shot, just again, it's beautiful, it's warm, it's welcoming, and it's sweet all at the same time. So yeah. you did a great job with the scale in that room too. Thank you. Well, one of the, and so on the topic of art, I did love in your house that was in Atlanta Homes and Lifestyle, you had this um, very classic dresser in your master bedroom mm-hmm. with kind of a bam, I think it was in the master bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, with a bamboo edge on it first. Is that, did that belong to the previous owners? No, that was ours. That was actually a Williams-Sonoma outlet find. Oh, mm. darn. I thought that was going to be the, from the owners. And I was like, that's a great story. No, but um, you had these, you had a bunch of art um, over it, but they were leaning. So mm-hmm. I wanted you to talk about that. And when do you, do you like to lean? When is it appropriate? When is it weird? I don't know, all that stuff. That's a good question. Um, I think... I like to lean when I'm going to layer artwork because mm-hmm. I think the idea of leaning lends itself to collections. And um, so in a, in a space where maybe I'm going to on a fireplace is another time that I'll, I'll lean is maybe I've got a piece hanging on the wall and then I'll lean one in front or I want you know, to layer a couple of pieces in front of a big piece. And so I'll, I'll lean them all. And my husband, the whole time in that room said, when are we going to hang this? When are we going to hang this? And I said, we're not hanging it. It's on purpose. And I like it. Um, So I think think that you can just lean one really big piece by itself. Um, If it's huge and oversized, sometimes Mm -hmm. it it draws attention to it and gives it some emphasis if you want it to lean. But I don't think it would work to just lean a little baby piece, uh you know? by itself, but I think it's the collections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a grouping. I did mm-hmm. like a, about it that the the actual art that was leaned was very big. It was kind of abstract, but it had, you know, some metallics in mm-hmm. it. And so it could look very, especially with the, the dresser that it was paired with. Mm-hmm. And I think you had like some other very traditional um, elements on the dresser. If it were hung, it would feel a lot more formal. Mm-hmm. And I like the way the leaning kind of it kind of brings it down a notch and not ma- makes it feel not so traditional, not so precious. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really pretty and elegant. Thank kind of you. Um, yeah. Making well, it to where like it's your, not too fancy. Your easels too, kind of. I'm all about easels these days. You are. It's your, <laughs> <laughs> it's your new thing. Um, no, but I think it adds that kind of art, like art casual in the middle. It's not, you know. I'm a collector. I'm an I'm an mm. artist. I don't have time to hang. Yeah, mm. there's I got too much art. Well, and it does. It <laughs> makes exactly. you feel a little more comfortable about moving things around. Yes, if mm-hmm. you don't have to put a hole in the wall. I don't know. Well, I feel like a lot of people, especially while people that have hung wallpaper, are, are really nervous mm-hmm. about hanging. Mm-hmm. There, are there any tips or tricks to that while we have you, the designer? No. no. <laughs> Someone was asking me the other day, and I was like, uh, based on weight, maybe command hook. Yeah. I think you just commit. Oh, God, no. I would think. I don't know. No command hook on paper. Wouldn't that pull the paper? That would, yeah. Well, because command hooks are made for drywall. I would just do a teeny tiny nail in the wall. You could do do a picture rail, which is like the rail hung underneath the crown molding and Mm -hmm. then suspend like little brackets or chain. And then you can move stuff around. Yeah, that's that true. sounds like a lot that's of work. That's old school. Yeah, I like I the like traditional. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I do think that our gallery easel, which is the one that I posted on my Instagram, <laughs> would be a great solution for wallpaper. But I used it, and I like wish I had done this many years ago, maybe even in our old house. But I had this spot in our house 
And before we hung drapes, I had a, a piece of art leaned there and I loved it there. And it, it just really worked. And I liked the way, like the sight line, when you walk into the room, you kind of had a dead, it just was the perfect um, size piece for this little spot. But once I hung drapery, it's, there was no wall anymore. Right. But I was really sad because I was like, I really liked this spot here. So that's why I did the easel in the first place. And then now I'm like, oh, it's amazing. And it is really nice to layer the art in front of the drapery, which you really can't ever do. But it, exactly. it, it adds that extra layer to where it it's not just a, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the layering aspect of it. Yeah. Anyway, so. And an easel is a great space filler for I have enough tables and enough stuff in this room. True. And you just stick an easel and mm-hmm. put some art on it. True. How often are you so like, designing. okay, I got to go find mm-hmm. some accessories to like yeah, make this true. thing look good. And yeah. it kind of serves many purposes. Mm-hmm. Well, and yes. it's good if you have too many just like if you love photos mm-hmm. kind of like me and you want to have all the frames at some point you have too many frames so True. having even something like that an easel with a photo does help to break it so you're not like oh my gosh it's well, another medium yeah. plus mm-hmm. it would pull your um it would you know if you have a frame it's sitting on the tabletop mm-hmm. right so it's only going to be max eight ten inches off the top but mm-hmm. the, an easel will bring it your Forward. thing up top so you have then you know what i'm saying you have the triangle you, well, no, it's not a triangle. Well, yeah, I guess Keep it was kind of, yeah, yeah, the Okay, you're right. It is a triangle. But I was just going to say, it, it creates a new level of height yeah. to where it, yeah, it's not like 10 frames on one surface. You can have, anyways. I loved all your hand gestures. Unfortunately, not everyone. I don't know how to describe this. I know, this. you're like just swinging your arms <laughs> in the air. Up. I don't know how to describe this. And I'm going to just, we'll cut all that. <laughs> that was not helpful no, to anyone. it was great. It was super great. Don't cut it. Um, okay should we solve christina's problem now yes let's do it i'm gonna read this one from christina she wrote in and wrote hi ladies my husband and i were recently married and purchased our first home while trying to find our decorating ideas online i happened to cross your podcast and I've been listening to it every spare second that I have ever since. I'm obsessed. I did not grow up with decorator's eye, but I really want to make our home feel beautiful as well as comfy on a budget. I have many dilemmas as you can see from the attached pictures. I'm struggling with what to hang on the walls. I know that I need some type of art, but I really don't know where to start. I have really struggled with the wall next to the kitchen table and I'm not sure if it needs one big thing or maybe a gallery wall. There is a large canvas picture sitting above the fireplace for now to add something, but will be moved when I find something more permanent. My furniture is also lining our walls, so I'm not sure if there's a better layout that you may be able to suggest. I'm also not sure what to do with the awkward space between the chair and the fireplace if I do stick with this layout. We have a curtain rod I want to get drapes, but I'm not sure if I should use the same drapery from the sliding glass door in the kitchen or if I should try to get something that would add some color. I really like blue, so I'm not sure if that is where it should be incorporated. My last request is an idea for a rug and a coffee table. What color do you think the rug should be? Also, what size coffee table should I be looking for with such a large couch? I was thinking maybe two push together. I hope this isn't too many dilemmas packed into one email. <laughs> Thank you so much for being my paper grading buddies. Oh, that is very sweet. Okay. All right, Christina, your 
You're putting me to the test here. <laughs> okay, here. <laughs> Let me try to describe the layout for our listeners. So you come in the is that the front door? Yes, you come in the front door, and to your right is the living space with a fireplace on a 45 degree wall. Yes. Um, it's so sort of like clipped a corner. Yes, there's a clipped corner in this room, so it's not perfectly square. She currently has a three cushion. What do we call it? Three seat? Mm-hmm. A three seat sofa, a two seat, and a chair with a ottoman in the mm-hmm. space. So bigger, bigger sofas. And then she has hardwoods um, throughout that then open into the big kitchen, which is right behind the living space. Um, and you, so you can see her dining table straight ahead when you walk in the house. And she has a sliding glass door there with drapery currently. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the the layout. She she asked mm-hmm. if um, she said there's an awkward space. Um, she has she has the furniture sort of lining the perimeter, but it looks like when you walk in the front door um, to your right, you have an exposed back of the love seat, and then on the opposite wall is a chair, mm-hmm. and then the wall between it with the window is the sofa. I would wonder. If you could swap the love seat and the chair, mm-hmm. maybe put the love seat on that longer wall and then that would fill that space for you. And then I feel like it might look cozier if you put the chair opposite the sofa and kind of catty corner it so it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be straight on. That might make it feel more cozy and you could even so, put an ottoman in front of it. So if you're looking at the TV, would the chair be to your left? Yeah, chair okay. to the left and then sofa on the right. Um and then that would solve that weird space between the chair and the fireplace now. And I think it would make walking in the front door instead of being greeted by the exposed back of a sofa, which is one of my pet peeves here. It feels a little more warm to walk into a kind of cornered off cozy chair and ottoman. Yeah, yeah, I like um, that idea a lot. I think that, that that would be a really good quick solution. Um, and then see, she asks about coffee table um i think you have to at that hundred that is a big couch Mm -hmm. that is a big couch um i'd say you're probably looking at doing like a 50 to 60 inch long coffee table in front of 100 yeah and then you could do um you could break that into two little cube pieces or you could do one big one you've got enough space but since your elements are also big because these are pretty big scale um, upholstered pieces. I wonder if doing two two pieces of a coffee table might look better. Mm-hmm. Um, what about something like really big and round? Round. Oh, I love a round ottoman. Because um, there's so you've got a lot of right angles in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I think like I think round, round would I think round mm-hmm. would be good. I said round ottoman, but I'm looking at the upholstery, and I think I think maybe upholstered is not the way to go, but a round wood piece or maybe a round mm-hmm. glass with, you know, a, a metal edge or something mm-hmm. would be really lovely. So should she kind of stick to like 50 to 60? Did you say 50, 50 to 60, 60 inches? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm, I think that that's a good, a good place to start. Okay. Mm-hmm. What else? There were more questions. Yeah, okay. um, one thing she asked about was drapery. Now, I can't remember if that is in the li- – she wants that for the living room or the dining room. She pro- I mean, she probably needs both, to be honest. Yeah. Um, at some, you know, eventually. 
my favorite, I don't by the way. think that you have to match your drapery um, if you are if you're wanting to unify the spaces. They it looks like they are somewhat open to each other, but you're not if you're in the living room. It's not like you're staring at this breakfast area. So mm-hmm. um, I almost wonder if maybe doing something with a pattern might be nice that maybe pulls in the colors that's in the the drapery in the in the breakfast room. Um, but add a, add a little bit of, I'm, I'm going to say it, a stripe or, mm-hmm. you know, a small scale floral or a check um, might look nice with um, the existing furniture in this living room. They're, they're kind of a solid um, moss green color. So we've got three pieces of solid mm-hmm. moss green, it looks like. So right. I think a pattern would be pretty. Yeah. Yeah. She could even, and, and this could be something down the line, um, but she could even maybe get a slipcover made for one of the pieces, like maybe the chair in the ottoman or the mm-hmm. love seat, or may- maybe just the ottoman if she keeps the ottoman where she- it is. But just getting one of them um, slipcovered would probably make a huge difference if mm-hmm. she's if she's not willing to um, if she doesn't want to move one of them maybe like into another room or something. Um, just to kind of you know break it up and make it look mm-hmm. a little bit you know, bring a little bit more personality, I guess, into mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Well, because she says she's on a budget and stuff too, I'm wondering if, I think she has no color. Mm-hmm. She has zero color. She says she loves blue. Blue is a wonderful color to have in your home. It's mm-hmm. very soothing. All your spaces could use blue. And I think it's the color of the year still. Yes. It and it looks good with moss green. And it does look good with moss green. So I, some ideas that I kind of had too is if she wants to you know make the impact of when you open your front door and you're looking at your gorgeous dining table which has hydrangeas on it and it's got black chairs you could change out those drapery again to be a pattern and it looks Mm -hmm. like even your black chairs have a slip seat you could easily put on a fun you only need a few yards you could easily recover those and make something even impactful there um, as just a kind of a hint too if your husband's not into super or stripe a great stripe would go there well and i do think i like that idea of the drapery and the slip seats and then maybe Mm. if you are once you kind of get to the point where you want a rug in your living mm-hmm. room, get a rug that'll coordinate back to the, mm-hmm. you know, the blues in, the, in, in your yes. dining room. But and I, I, when I was saying slipcover, I meant like it could be like years down the road. She doesn't yeah. need to do that right away mm-hmm. because oh, no. it's fine. It's clearly mm-hmm. fine as is. But I think when you're ready for 2.0, mm-hmm. that could make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think drapery on that front window in her will make make a huge impact for her too. Cause, but I don't think those have to match, which mm-hmm. she asked about, but you're not going to see them at the same time. You're going to look directly right. ahead at your dining table and see the drapery behind there. And then you're going to go into your living room and you'll mm-hmm. see that secondary. So um, she did ask about the um, big empty wall in the dining room. What are y'all thinking for that? Mm-hmm. Should she do, she says, should I do one large canvas or one large thing or a gallery wall? Big blank walls are, I mean, they're intimidating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, I think when we think about artwork for these two spaces, it, it is probably good to think of them as one because you don't want to sort of repeat one thing from room to the one room to the other. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the breakfast area, dining space, I think would be a great spot to do a grouping of like six framed botanicals. Mm. I think those always look really soft and nice in a, in a dining space. And one mm-hmm. thing you could do to keep it, it on a budget is if you get like a 
just a book mm-hmm. of botanicals. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can literally just, I mean, either photocopy it or just tear the page out yes. and frame it in a pre-made frame, you know? Absolutely. They, I've seen those books like on Etsy and um, yeah, maybe even like the library. They've got a basement you can buy books from. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen stuff done like that really nicely with just like Ikea frames. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that could be really easy. And then I'm thinking this other wall, um, when you walk in from the front door where we're talking about leaving the love seat to that's right next to the fireplace, that would be a great spot for a big canvas mm-hmm. um, or a larger piece. And then yeah. you're kind of balancing. You've got a grouping in one area and then a large piece um, in the living space. Lauren, let me ask you, for the grid of botanicals in the dining room, what size painting should she be doing or frame should she be doing? Should she be doing like a bunch of eight by tens? Should she do like four 24 by 36 kind of like you did in the nursery that we're talking about? What like give us a gen like kind of a general idea. I'd say this the safe side would be you probably don't want to be smaller than um what would be like a 11 by 14? Yeah. 11 by 14. Yeah, is that 11 by 14? Or maybe what's the next size up? Like a a 15 by 18? 18? 15 by 18? Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't go smaller than that, and I probably wouldn't do fewer than six. So three across and three below with a grid. Yeah. And then I like to space them like about one to one and a half inches between. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that. Yeah, you could probably get one. Like, I'm sure you could even find a botanical book at a library, go to a Kinko's and blow it up. Exactly. Yeah. No one's going to know the difference. Yeah. Just make sure it's a good quality print. Yeah. But I do think scale-wise, it is a big wall. So to your point, putting four 11 by 14s grouped with one inch between is still going to feel too teeny. So Mm -hmm. you know when you start whatever this Mm gallery-ish or multi-piece wall is, Mm -hmm. know you need to make it big on that wall. And find your frame first. I have made that mistake where you buy your print and then you realize that maybe your print isn't even a standard size and so then you get out trying to match the thing mm-hmm. don't do that mm-hmm. I'm, i've done it it's not a it's not a wise choice yeah it's not a wise choice if you're trying to stay in a budget right because then you kind of pigeonhole yourself yes and so. then and framing can be crazy expensive so yeah. if you can find your frame somewhere off the shelf then that's your best budget yeah friendly i think for the scale a rule of thumb would be um you want your the width of your art to be at least close to the width of like this is a table and chair. So you don't want it to be mm-hmm. too much smaller than the width of the table and chairs, if that makes sense. Yeah. So she has a 60 inch table. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, yeah. And that so would you, be about the, about probably 50 to 75% mm-hmm. of the wall. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um. Some other things I thought through, too, about kind of making this her own, too, is maybe over the dining table, you have a um, fan. I don't know if you need a fan over your dining table. I understand. My husband loves a fan with the TV room. So Most I, husbands do. So in a way, I, I understand if you can't move that one and put in a beautiful lighting piece. But again, you hit this and table chandel- right when you come in. I think a gorgeous chandelier, too, would be a nice little piece of jewelry to look at, too, when you first walk in that door. Yeah, um, for sure. And it's already centered. So that's nice. You don't have like to move it at all. The table. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, too, is if she wanted, she could – I think that – the her her fireplace stands out paint that the color of your walls almost even might even help it to make it kind of because you have that 
you have the fireplace is next to the TV stand. And so there's a lot of competing things to look at. So yeah. kind of making one of those your focal point. So if she wants to make the fireplace and put and find that perfect piece of art or a mirror or whatever she wants above there to make that the focal point, um, she could even paint the TV stand cabinet to match the walls too. And, or she could make that the blue, she could paint it and make it blue and make it that happy color that makes her happy. Do you think husband is going to be on board with painting bricks? I feel like generally men have an issue with painting bricks. It makes no sense. We painted ours. It's bricks and molding, like um, paneling, wall paneling. You know what I mean? They're like, no, we can't paint that. We've painted both (laughs) with my husband feeling that way at first. And both have been a wonderful, amazing transformation (laughs) that has elevated our home. Neither have I looked at and been like, Wish I hadn't painted that. <laughs> can we get a testimonial from David yes. that we can post in the yes. show notes yes. where he says, these are wise decisions, husbands, yes. you can let your wife do it. It'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, nobody is going to, no offense, but it's not like this red brick is like something no one's seen or, you know, it's not right. probably it's something not you're precious. in love with. Yes. It's not so, precious. I mean, I feel like, again, we go back to paint does a huge thing and I do think slowly you should find chairs you love in this room and ditch the two seat and the big chair yeah um and slowly kind of find something that's maybe a little bit um smaller scale that would kind of match your small fireplace too mm-hmm. and rugs I love rugs though I love rugs under everything so mm-hmm. I think rugs soft. Would be- that'll soften things I mean I would just say just think about just adding more softness to the living room mm-hmm. I mean your drapes are going to do that your um artwork the rug yeah the art rug mm-hmm. the artwork the um, yep and then you can come back in and pepper in some you know beautiful throw pillows mm-hmm. over time and that's something easy you can change out mm-hmm. every etsy. season or yeah mm-hmm. i love etsy for throw pillows i get all my throw pillows on etsy really yes right. that's a good tip well i think that again there's a bunch of little things she can do that again she could take her time budget wise too like this month do some painting on some pieces or mm-hmm. paint something and mm-hmm. next one do the wall gallery next month and mm-hmm. like i think slowly you can easily do this and make it kind of very special and unique to you yeah definitely there's potential here christina awesome do we answer all of her questions i think so if not, did. write us back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do more dilemmas. All right. Lauren, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. It was so wonderful fun. to see you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Taryn. Thanks for hooking us up. Um, well, tell everyone where they can find you, follow yes. you, all the above. Okay. My Instagram is at Lauren Elaine Interiors and then Lauren Elaine Interiors.com. Awesome. And she has some good stuff. So yes. if you like a good, beautiful pictures of home follow, it's highly recommended. And um, I, I need to see your new house. So I'm going to be following your Instagram stories. True. I love it. <laughs> Pressure's <laughs> on. Pressure's on. <laughs> All right. That's our show. Thank you for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. And de- don't forget to check out your show note, the show notes of this episode at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. Send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to enable the Alexa skill in your Amazon account so you can listen to the How to Decorate podcast from your Alexa. I finally feel like I've gotten this down. You do. It's, <laughs> it's, just taken in- on, it's only taken a year and a half. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything else. So until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating. <laughs>